the God of our fathers, has glorified Jesus, whom you handed over and denied. But God raised him from the dead. St. Peter shows amazing courage in today's first reading, no? Did you know that that passage is taken from his Pentecost sermon? And in that sermon, he preached to the Jewish leaders and residents of Jerusalem, the very same group of people who had conspired to condemn Jesus to death. And Peter doesn't sugarcoat his message. The author of life you put to death, he reminds them. But then he moves on and draws their attention to something much more important. He tells them that God can handle it. That God took suffering and death and turned it into the definitive victory over evil. God raised him from the dead. Of this, we are witnesses. And as he said, we are witnesses, he was thinking of those times, as we heard in today's gospel reading, when Jesus appeared to them, letting them see and touch his wounds, proving that he was no ghost or illusion. It is the resurrection of Jesus that has made all the difference. It has broken the bonds of sin and opened the door to new life. The resurrection is the key that opens the treasure of hope for each of us, no matter how mediocre or self-absorbed we have been or tend to be. The resurrection of Christ puts all good things within our reach and true happiness possible for us. And it's what Peter is telling the crowds, and it's what the church is telling us today. Hope in Christ. Leave everything aside to follow him, and he will work wonders in your life. Now, most of us have heard the story of Maria Goretti, right? The 11-year-old girl who died as a martyr of purity. She was fatally wounded when her 20-year-old neighbor attacked her with intent to sexually abuse her. When she resisted and begged him not to commit the sin, he became enraged and stabbed her 14 times. The doctors tried to save her, but after 20 hours of agony, during which Maria forgave and prayed for her attacker, she died. She was canonized in 1950, one of the youngest officially recognized Catholic saints. Now we know her story, but have we heard the story of the murderer, Alessandro Serinelli is his name, 
while he was imprisoned and put on trial. But he denied his guilt. Finally, he broke down in the face of overwhelming testimony. As a minor, he was sentenced to only 30 years hard labor. A priest came to see him soon afterward, and he turned on him in rage, lunging at him. Soon afterwards, he became excessively nervous, almost neurotic. After six years of prison, he was near the brink of despair. Then one night, one night, St. Maria appeared to him in his prison cell and smiled at him. It was the beginning of the rest of his life. He began to experience interior peace and a desire to do something constructive. After serving his sentence, he asked pardon of Maria's mother and accompanied her to Mass in the parish church where he spoke to the congregation. He acknowledged his sin and asked for forgiveness from God and the community. Alessandro lived in a Franciscan monastery afterwards, working faithfully and productively as a gardener until his death in 1970. A few years before he died, he wrote a short spiritual testimony. And what he wrote, brothers and sisters, is an astounding witness to the transforming power of God's grace to give us a fresh start, no matter what. Here it is, listen. Little Maria was really my light. With her help, I behaved well during the 27 years of prison and tried to live honestly when I was again accepted among the members of society. The Capuchins welcomed me with charity into their monastery as a brother, not as a servant. I've been living with their community for 24 years, and now I am serenely waiting to witness the vision of God to hug my loved ones again, and to be next to my guardian angel Maria and her dear mother Asunta. I hope this letter can teach others the happy lesson of avoiding evil and of always following the right path. I feel that religion is not something we can live without, but rather it is the real comfort, the real strength in life and the only safe way in every circumstance, even the most painful ones of life." End of quote. We all want to experience the newness of life that Christ's resurrection promises us, right? But it's not something that happens automatically. We have to let His grace transform us. At least two things are necessary for that to happen. First, as Peter stressed in the first reading, we must repent and be converted. 
The second reading echoes that when it says, whoever keeps his word, meaning avoiding sin, the love of God is truly perfected in him. You know, if we want to put fresh honey in a jar, first we have to, to clean the old leftovers that we have been keeping there, right? The life that Christ brings us is that fresh honey. But to experience it, we have to confess our sins and renounce our selfishness, not just once, but again and again and again. Second, we need to give God room to work in our souls through prayer. During Lent, many of us hopefully spent more time in prayer. and Some came to Mass more often or made a point of reading good books. Those spiritual exercises or disciplines gave more substance and strength to our daily lives, right? It can be a temptation to leave that behind during the Easter season. And that's exactly what the devil wants. He wants us to be at zero again by the time the next Lent rolls around. But God wants us to keep growing. The Lord wants us to keep growing. In a few minutes, brothers and sisters, Jesus will once again share with us his new life, his glorified, resurrected life in Holy Communion. When he does, let's thank him for it, and let's ask him to help us put it into action. <laughs>